The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. And thanks for joining us on this Monday morning as we take a few minutes out of our day in God's Word. And I greatly appreciate the opportunity to be part of your day and to teach God's Word. And thanks for joining us as we move forward. And I'll be moving uh, locations here in a few days. Uh, This will be the last week. For a couple weeks, we'll be doing the devotionals. Uh, And then I do plan to pick them back up when my move and transition is completed. Uh, We will be posting on social media when those things will happen after we get to the end of the uh, transition time. And we'll make sure we update that probably two or three weeks after this in that process. But we're glad you're joining us this week. And hope when we get back to this, you'll stick with us as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 we're in right now. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. As we look at a passage, one passage that is relatively familiar. It's been used a lot. Pastors use it, it, and in good sense, but we want to get a really good idea of what Paul's saying here. Paul, again, speaking to the church of Corinth, he's come uh, to the end of our job of reconciliation, and now he kind of places on this urgency for salvation. But beyond the urgency for salvation, um, he places in this scenario, he places kind of that the the reason we're doing this is not an empty reason. There's a lot behind it. And, and if there's anybody who does not accept Jesus or does not recognize this, uh, the ministry is not to be blamed for this. We strive everything we can to be effective in reaching out. So let's go through and unpack these verses. We're going to start in verse number one, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 1. It says, we then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. So what he starts off with is we are the workers together with Christ. He says, we beseech you that you receive not the grace of God in vain. This is not an empty thing. This is not a simple thing. And so the word vain is empty. Uh, so he talks about the idea that you would not, one, not just acknowledge the grace of God, but never receive it, or you receive it in an empty form. Our goal is that you would not ignore it. Our goal is that you would not, you see the grace, but you would not embrace the reality of it. Another reality to this is that some people say, we'll look at this in the next verse, but some people say, well, I'll receive God's grace when I want. Okay, I know God's grace. I know salvation is real. And one day I'll receive it, but I'm, I'm going to do that down the road. I'll do that when, I, when, when it's good for me. I'm going to live my life the way I want to. And then when I get older and eh, it's coming to the end, or maybe when I have kids or more responsibilities, then I'll come back to Jesus or back religion or whatever term we want to use. And he's talking about that. So just be very careful not to live that way. This is an important time. Some people believed in this time in the church of Corinth or in, in this church age that, well, you got to add grace. You have got to add the works to the grace and things of that nature. So grace is empty. Just really understand what it means to receive the grace of God, to fully understand this. It's not of works. Fully understand this is maybe not even be offered to you when you're 16, 70 years old. I mean, there's no guarantee we'll even live to be that age. So there's a, a lot of things to take into account. Then he continues in verse 2, as you can see in a bit of a parenthesis, for he saith, he's referring back to Isaiah, I have heard thee in a time accepted in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. That's the verse that often I say has been referenced. You hear preachers say it. I've done that. Where they get up and they talk to people. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Um, I've heard some go as far as to say that God, now that you've heard the gospel, this is the one time to get saved, maybe the only time to get saved. I wouldn't go that far. Personally, my belief that most people who get saved 
hear the gospel multiple times as God begins to open their eyes and recognize the truth. Very few people get saved the first time they hear it. Most people are a bit against it because it's so different than their natural belief. It doesn't make sense. It seems too easy. Um, the religious world says you've got to work your way to heaven. And so it's really, it's tricky in that understanding to understand the, the simplicity of the grace of God. That salvation is simply by God's grace and through God's grace, I can have assurance of heaven. I can know where I'm going. Uh, but he goes today. Now here's what he's saying. There was a prophecy in Isaiah that one day the Messiah would come. And in that day, in that time period, then salvation would be available. So Paul is saying, listen, we don't have to deal with the works and all the law. That, that was Old Testament. And Isaiah looked to the day when the law would no longer be the demand. And now there's grace. And that's today. He says the Messiah has come. So now is the day of salvation. Now is the day that the prophecy is looked forward to. So that's really what's being said there. We're in that day of grace. Then he says in verse 3, giving no offense at anything, that the ministry be not blamed. Now the word offense, giving no offense, is simply a stumbling block. He goes, we're not striving to cause a stumbling block. Now you could easily look at this day and say that many of the preachers, they didn't want to ignore the Judaistic perspective, the law, the Old Testament, and all of these rules. So a lot of preachers, false preachers really, were saying, okay, you got the gospel. Okay, we're good with that. Let's blend them together. We have the gospel and we have works. By the way, you see that all the way through religion today. Yes, we know the truth of Jesus, but you also have to have all of these other traditions and you have to do this and not do that. And all these other legalistic things, that's the term of legalism, adding to grace to get salvation. Many, many religions do that today because this is false. Because those give offense. Those give stumbling blocks. Those are things that make it hard to see truth. That make it hard to understand grace. He goes, so please understand, as preachers, we're not doing that. Our desire is not to get in the way of the simplicity of the grace of God. And so now what he does is he walks through the next few verses and he talks about all of the things that the, those involved in ministry, Paul and those who've been traveling with them, the battles and the grief they've gone through to get the gospel out. This is not a simple thing. This was not cheap. The cost, not, I mean, just, I mean, not only the cost that Jesus paid on the cross, but the cost that all the other people have paid to spread this gospel. Let's kind of look through these quickly. We'll just reference these verses in the ne over the next few verses. He says, but in all things are proving ourselves as the ministers of God. Here's what he says. He goes, in much patience. He said, there's been affliction and necessities. There's been distress. He goes, in stripes. We have been imprisoned in tumults, in much labor, because we have been in fasting. Pureness by knowledge, because I, we have been pureness by knowledge. We're doing what we know to be right in the eyes of God by long suffering. He says we have been kind, he goes through the Holy Spirit, by love unfeigned. This is all about the love of God and the love of, the, of other people. Verse 7, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. By honor and dishonor, by evil report, things have been said bad against us, good report, uh, as deceivers, and yet true. Other people tried to deceive, yet we, they call us deceivers, but we are true. As unknown and yet well known, as dying, and behold, we live, as chastened and not killed, 
as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, and having nothing yet possessing all things. So he references these, and we, we could break down all that means in each verse, we won't do that, but he walks through all that goes in. Honestly, if, if you're in ministry, it's a great passage to look through. If you, here's one thing to take into account, whether you're trying to witness to people and you say, why does it seem so complicated? You're trying to minister here at a church or your church, or you're trying to minister to other people. Why does this seem so complicated? Why does it seem like this? When I strive to serve God, when I strive to go the right direction, it seems like every step I take, I'm being fought. It is because it's true. Satan does not want you to grow. Satan does not want you to succeed. Satan does not want your ministry to be effective. And so he is going to confront you. He is going to fight you at every step. You see that list. That is not only true if you're a preacher or a missionary. That is true if you're a Christian growing in Christ. That is what you're going to face. People are going to lie about you. People are going to accuse you. By the way, all these things happen to Jesus. So you're in good company in that area. Paul is saying that the gospel, one, is not just something empty. I'll come when I want to. This is a serious thing. One, if you're not saved, the day of salvation is here. The truth of salvation is here now. And you can accept it right now. You don't have to wait. Now, can I tell you, you know, if you don't accept it now, there may not be a tomorrow. I have no idea. There may not be a tomorrow. God may come, you may, your life may end. I don't know. You may have 50 more years. The key is if Jesus is helping you through the Holy Spirit, if you are recognizing that this is the truth and you need it, well, then today is the day of your salvation. Call upon him today. Repent of your sin. Call upon him. Accept him. Put your faith in him as your Lord and Savior. Uh, go to Romans 10. Read that. Go to John 3. Read that. These are the passages you can get the simple answer from. And learn what it is that God has told us. But if you're finding yourself feeling like there's conflict, there's fighting, oh, that's because there is. That's because Satan's fighting against you. And try your best to keep your eyes on Jesus on that. And just keep looking to him. This is not a surprise. He's warned us in scripture. But the Bible, remember, the Bible tells us a greater is he that lives in us, that Holy Spirit, than he that lives in the world. And may we keep our eyes on him. Thanks again for joining us on this Monday morning, giving us a chance to be part of your day. We greatly appreciate the wonderful opportunity. Hope this is an encouragement. Hope you stick with us throughout this week. We look forward to continuing this. Hope you join us again tomorrow.